G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. This week all eyes of course are going to be on the outcome of the US presidential election and we all know the whole world is facing a challenging future with the financial economic crisis uh, created by the coronavirus pandemic. So we're asking an important question today with the author of a new children's book, Emphasis on the fact that we're talking about a children's book today, so not necessarily a conversation that's all about economics, although you might even have an opinion around those things as well. So the author of a new children's book, and it's called What If the World Runs Out of Money? It's a fascinating question inspired by a child's And children, don't they, ask the most profound questions. As parents, we don't always have immediate answers to questions that can seem beyond explanation. A child's question was the inspiration for Murray Jones, who wrote and turned his attention to framing an answer to a question that we might all ask if we thought everything was all about money. Murray Jones decided to write a children's book in the style of Dr. Seuss, Addressing Our Fundamental Attitudes to Money, Generosity and Building Communities. Now there's something special about this book. You can't buy it with money. More about that as we get our conversation underway. But Murray Jones, special welcome along to 2020. Oh, Thanks very much, Neil. Appreciate it. Murray, what happens if the world runs out of money? This is a wonderful uh, dinner party conversation, uh, but it's also something that's inspired by a child's question, is something that we are all needing to answer. Yeah, well, it's a big question, Neil. It's, um, and, you know, obviously there's a, there's a lot of hurt out there at the moment and people sadly are in uh, some people in you know, financial difficulty. But um, this isn't, uh, you know, need to stress I'm not an economist or, a, you know, or a, a guru in the finance area. But um, yeah, it was inspired um, by my daughter, Hayley, who uh, was um, about you know eight or nine at the time, and um, there was uh, you know, some fair bit of bad news on, and she turned to me innocently, as as children do, and said, "Dad, what happens if the if the world runs out of money?" You know, you know, I didn't have an immediate answer. For so. those of us who have children, and mm-hmm. recognizing that you know, as an adult, you might be sitting in front of the six o'clock news, and it is filled with all sorts of bad news, and it's giving impressions about what's happening in life. Our children who are half hearing things or hearing things without the sort of understanding that we've developed over that time, uh, that leads children to sometimes, and sometimes people are concerned about how fearful children get uh, when they're watching the news, because the news can be, in fact, a scary thing with all of the the detail that comes. So was Haley, in fact, genuinely concerned that the things that she was seeing in the news were leading her to think that maybe this crisis is coming and what if we don't have any money? Oh, look, I think she was. I think, um, you know, as you say, Neil, it is a, it's a pretty scary thing, you know, the news, the, the, the nightly news. In fact, um, uh, we had a, a, you know, a, a ban on the news and at the garbage truck that comes in at six o'clock. So 
But um, yeah, look, I think there's genuine concern there, and I, you know, it's, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, more broadly, I think that, yeah, a lot of children are in that same boat. You know, you, you watch the news, and uh, there's a there's a lot of bad news at the moment. So, um, and, and you say, Murray, you're not an economist, you're not an economic guru. No. So when Haley asked you the question, mm. uh, your response was because you didn't have an answer immediately. No, I didn't have an answer immediately. So I've uh, I've always liked uh, writing, you know, um, and so I started writing, a, you know, a book, um, a, you know, the kids' book that, um, uh, and it's a simple rhyming, you know, as you say, it's sort of written in the Dr. Seuss um, style, you know, with rhyming uh, rhyming verse, and it's really about, um, uh, I guess, a focus on. Uh, you know, if the world does run out of money, will it? You know, the, you know. The good news is it's not you know apocalyptic. You know, the world doesn't end, but um, you know, people focus on the good stuff and helping each other, and um, uh, you know, and realizing we're all here on the one planet together. And um, surprisingly, they um, you know they unite, and you know, the world the world keeps spinning, and you know, providing honey and all the good stuff. You know, so. Okay, well, there might be some listeners more economically inclined that might even have a serious response to what happens if the world runs out of money. Uh, you'll be mm. welcome to call in and be a part of a conversation there. Uh, it's not about the idea of running out of money, essentially, but in the response that you began then to form for mm. Haley, your daughter, uh, how long did it take? Because when you then wanted to have an answer for this, uh, you know, you must have been thinking about all sorts of things. What's important about money and what's important that I should say to my daughter so that she doesn't think the world is all about money? Yeah, look, it, took, it did take a while to form. I didn't certainly didn't write it, you know, overnight. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I guess, uh, yeah, I wanted to instill, you know, some positive messages about um uh, you know that the world would, would the world would be okay. You know, in, a, in that situation, if you know, if we did, if the world did run out of money, you know, that you know, people would find, um, you know, that they can, you know, help each other, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, it was. Um, uh, it took look. It took about probably yeah, a bit over six months, and then you know, getting it illustrated and published, and you know, it all takes time. But hmm. you clearly have a wonderful gift, Murray. And that is in this ability as a father to be able to relate things so beautifully to your children. And uh, for those who will be familiar with the Dr. Seuss materials, uh, as we say, something similar along those lines, but the ability to be able to relate to children because your first thought, if you were answering this as an economist, you might have said, okay, Haley, uh, did you say age nine or ten? She was uh, then, yeah. Okay, yeah, so uh, yeah. uh, come and sit on my lap while we open an economics textbook. <laughs> and that's not how you relate to children. but. You You've come up with a wonderful way of relating to children. Yeah. And you've road tested this because obviously it worked for Haley, and it's obviously been road tested now with lots of parents and their children. What, have, mm. uh, what sort of feedback have you had about how kids relate to that sort of storytelling? Oh, I've had some fantastic, um, fantastic responses. I think, um, you know, I suppose importantly um, when, uh, when I wrote it and uh, I didn't, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a grand plan to uh, you know to make money out of the book so I thought how can uh, you know how can you know get this message across to to people um, so it's a book as you say that uh, money can't buy and uh, I've set up a, a website called uh, worldwithoutmoney.com.au and to get a copy 
people uh, go and make a, a promise or a pledge to do something kind for someone, and uh, and then it's set up so that it automatically generates a, um, a PDF and you know a, you know a PDF you know full PDF copy, um, and some of the pledges and you know, that have come through and the commentary and the it's been it's all been very very positive, Neil. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to get into this wonderful way that people can get a hold of your book very shortly. But let me come to uh, because you know, as a Christian station and mm. your own Christian background, and I can yep. see there's a real influence there. But if we yep. come to the Bible, uh, some of the important sort of scriptures that we'd think of from the Bible: uh, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. That's in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Then Matthew chapter 6, 24, just ahead. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be devoted to one and despise the other. What comes up, of course, in this Christian understanding of what's important is that you've got money on one side, and when you put all your faith in it, you're in for some really challenging times, uh, mm-hmm. but there are other things more important than money. Is this the essence of the sorts of things you relay in your book? Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, it's it's um, all of the things that are. I mean, look, you know, I, I often say, uh, you know, money's up there with oxygen. You know, we we you know, the way we live here on uh, on on Earth at the moment, we uh, you know, you need it to survive, but it shouldn't be the reason that you, that you get up in the morning. You know, it's um. Um, you know, and I think, um, you know, sadly, I think people do put, um, you know, a, a lot of uh, a lot of emphasis on, uh, you know, getting more and getting more and getting more. And, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, very, very wealthy people out there who are unhappy because um, they've kind of missed the point. You know, we're, we're not here to, you know, accumulate stacks and stacks of money. You know, it's, um, it's about um, use, using money as an energy to, you know, to experience the world and to help other people. And, you know, so that's really what's the essence of the book. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Wonderful to have you along with us on this Monday edition of 2020 and an interesting conversation to have today about a child's question, which became the inspiration for Murray Jones, who turned his attention to framing an answer to the question. And the question is, what happens if the world runs out of money? Now, I guess to illustrate this, Murray, let's get a, a, a reading or two straight from the, from the author's mouth, uh, some of those things that you've written uh, in your book. And uh, these are just, uh, just beautifully written uh, Dr. Seuss-style response. Give us, some, oh. uh, give us a little uh, example here. All right. Okay. Um, I won't read it all, but there's a, this is sort of in towards the middle of, of the book. Will the food disappear now there's no money, or is there still plenty of milk and good honey. And then um, it turns out that the planet that we live on is a magical sphere created for all to enjoy in the time we are here. We should not push her or tear her apart, just treat her with care to reveal her true heart. The sun will still shine, providing the heat. Rain will will still fall and splash at our feet. The fruit will still grow from vines and trees and the honey still made with the help of the bees. So that's... Part of it, yeah. And what comes to mind as you're sharing those thoughts is what might be fear that grows in the heart and mind of a child. 
And uh, this is something. Is your daughter Haley typically, mm. you know, fearful, or was she just reflecting that that thought that comes to mind first up? Oh no, she's not. She's she's not a, a fearful, you know. She but she was definitely, you know, there was a, I suppose, a, a mix of curiosity and concern. You know, it was just a, um, you know, it was a, it was a fairly innocent question, but it's got a, it's got some, you know, pretty big. Um, you know, ramifications when you think about it. So the way the way I've written the book, Neil, is that it is a kid's book. Um, often when people ask me, you know, what's the age range for the book, I say eight to eighty, um, because for you know, a kid can read it, child can read it, and get you know, get the you know the literal meaning um, you know from it, and then uh, a, an adult can read it and sort of reflect. There's some fairly big, um, you know, uh, you know, sort of topics in there that I've that I've you know aimed to include. Um, you know, I've even had a, a bit of a swipe at the world leaders there, or some of them. You know, yep. yep. You know. Um, we'll we'll pick up on world mm. leaders just shortly, mm. but uh, this idea—the lifetime pursuit of chasing the buck. Yep. Uh, because if we don't get our children young, uh, there are a lot of things that do tend to cause their thinking to move towards the idea that the dollar is all important. What are mm. your thoughts around this idea? You know, you've included a fabulous line there about chasing the buck. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Do you want me to read that line? or do you, I, th- you, no? you, I think you yeah. just did read it out. Yeah, you, Lifetimes are yeah. spent in pursuit of the buck, yet often good fortune relies on good luck. Where you were born and what country you're in can mean the difference if you lose or you win. Um, you know, billions of poor people do not have enough and the beggars and homeless can do it real tough. So, you know, I think it's just a perspective on, you know, I think, you know, obviously we live in um, you know, the best country on the planet, so we're very lucky. Um, but, uh, you know, it's worth thinking, you you've know, been as, able as to, you do. You know. You've been able to bring into it uh, a whole lot of different layers of context in that because it's not just this pursuit of chasing the buck uh, because you've drawn attention to the place you were born. And while we have this privilege of having born been born into a wealthy and prosperous nation not everybody does so your mm. context here actually for children brings into this the idea that not everybody has it as good as you do mm. well, and i think uh, you know that was um you know i guess part of what i wanted to um you know relate to my daughter but you know more broadly obviously now through the book um uh you know we often talk about that at home you know that um you know we're very lucky you know um you know, I'm working with an organisation at the moment, for example, who uh, uh, their focus is on energy poverty. And, you know, there's you know, millions and millions of people around the world, uh, as you would know, who, who live in energy poverty. You know, the electricity that we take for granted and, you know, the power, um, they just don't have it, you know. So they're you know, often they're in little huts or little tents and, you know, their main source of uh, light um, and energy is kerosene, you know. And so there's a... Yeah, we. So it's energy, it's clean water, it's a whole lot of issues lot of there stuff. that mm. we'll talk about often mm. uh, when I talk to Christian organisations who are working in these areas to help to help to provide those things in a mission sense. But you've taken that to a level where you've said, well, I've got a children's book here, but there's a message in here for the whole world. And you've thought this could be the sort of thing that could even influence world leaders. Uh, mm. Give us a little insight here into how you've actually sent your book uh, to some <laughs> of the the leaders of the world. You know, have a look at. I, I have sent it to quite a quite a few world leaders, uh, Neil, and uh, um, I haven't uh, I haven't uh, had uh, a lot of you know responses back. Although um, the uh, um, Prime Minister Scott Morrison sent me a letter back recently and. Um, was uh, you know grateful. I sent him a copy for his for his uh, daughters, 
and uh, he was very complimentary about the book. I've sent it to uh, all the uh, the education ministers around the country. Um, I've sent it to the Dalai Lama. I've sent Barack Obama back when he was president. Sent him a copy. Um, I don't think Trump will get one, but um, uh, so I have. I've sent it around, and I've been you know been a bit bold. I've tried to send it to celebrities. I mean, it's you know it's all about getting momentum and getting as many um, kind pledges as possible through the website and. Um, I think you also sent a copy to the Pope. I did send a copy to the Pope, so um, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure if he got it, but um, you know, hopefully, it's it's tucked away somewhere in the Vatican. And this is an interesting dimension, and we might say it's probably not likely to necessarily influence the policy of world leaders. But you mm. just never know where the book will find its way to. Mm. Uh, but it becomes a wonderful way for you to get the message out about your book because there are some deeper issues in there that you are trying to touch on mm. that you would like to draw attention to, and uh, you want to get as many people to look at those as possible. That's exactly right. Yeah. So it, you know, I guess. Um, yeah, that's the reason for you know it's not um, it's not just to be cheeky and you know send it. I really you know I'm I'm, I'm hoping you know the more people that read it, um, you know this is a great opportunity to talk to another you know, group of people and um, you know it's not um, you know it's it's really all about um, you know generating kind pledges. Um, you know, last week for example, it went on to the um, as I said, I wrote to all the education ministers around the country, and it went on a, a website that went to all the schools in Tassie. Um, and you know, it's interesting. I had a, there's a video now. We had a video done a couple of months ago um, of a reading of the book um, with a friend of mine who's a well-known actor and his son. And um, then um, uh, when at his school, he's about nine or ten. And when they read it, the the class, you know, the teacher said, "Well, what do we do?" They all um, all the class decided to write some kind pledges. They cut out heart shapes wrote their own kind pledges and, and you know the pledges I've you know I've got to say I've had thousands of them over you know since the book was published. Um and they're often they're really the simple things, you know, I'll help you know help the lady up the road, I'll bake something for the neighbour, I'll you know, all that neighbor you know, help thy neighbour, you know, look after love thy neighbour stuff. You know, there haven't been big, big, you know, pledges or promises. You know, on the website I say, please no money. I have had, you know, some you know, requests, look, we want to pay you for the book. I don't want to you know, you know. It's a, as I said, the electronic copy is free. Um, uh, let's but, just let's just touch on mm. this because we haven't uh, actually explained how this concept works. Mm. Uh, I did say in the introduction, you can't buy this book with money. No, you can't. And a uh, no. very clever way that you are promoting the book because in order to get a hold of the book, to buy the book, you have mm. to make a pledge of kindness. Correct. And yep. And so when you came up with that thought, did you think, oh, this is going to work and uh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to cause a viral uh, uptake of my book and it's going to be wonderful. People are going to get it all over the world because all they've got to do is pledge a, an, mm. a, uh, an act of kindness and they'll be able to get the book for free. But this is a very clever way of actually getting your book into people's hands. Oh, thanks, Neil. Um, yeah, I, you know, obviously, uh, you know, it'd be fantastic of it, you know, and, that, and that's, that's, I suppose, the goal for it to go viral, you know. Um, and you know certainly uh, you know if, um, you know whenever I've had you know, opportunities like this you know um, on air um, the you know things start to happen and you know there's momentum um, you know what I'm hoping is that, that momentum sort of gets to a you know crescendo I suppose and you know and just gets bigger and bigger and um, you know it's all about you know it's, I suppose my small contribution to the world of you know trying to spread some more 
kindness and empathy and, you know. Um, well, mm. it's a way of demonstrating generosity and uh, then people need to be generous. Uh, so your your start with generosity, saying, well, I want to give my book away for free. All you've mm. got to do is do something generous and uh, and you'll be able to get a hold of the book. It's mm. not going to cost you money. This mm. generosity thing, has this been a part of your makeup? Is this, uh, you know, uh, Murray the Generous? Are you <laughs> oh, well, look, I, you know, I guess, um, uh, you know, to a certain extent, you're a product of your upbringing. You know, mum was certainly... Uh, yeah, very um, you know community-minded person, and mum and dad, um, uh, you yeah, know, they went. You know, I was brought up a Christian, and you know, they went. You know, they both. You know, they not only went to church and went through the motions, but um, yeah, they were very uh, involved and in, you know helping. I remember mum um, when I was nine or ten. You know, she was um, she volunteered to you know back. This is back. You know, back in the day when this wasn't a normal sort of thing. There wasn't no structure to it, but she there was a Vietnamese lady around the corner and um, and her family and. Mum um, just volunteered and just went around there and taught her how to speak English. And um, you know, I can remember, you know, when um, before spring rolls were a thing here, you know, the, the lady would bring this big thing of spring rolls every week, and you know, it's just so grateful for. So I have been brought up to, um, I guess, to um, you know, to to be you know generous if you like and give, you know. Um, but yeah, look, this is. You know, but you understand, mm. you understand a viral way of creating kindness and uh, you're going to leave a tremendous legacy here because some people no doubt will be committing to small acts of kindness, others committing to larger acts of kindness and, and you've had a few people responding saying they're doing some pretty big things. Yeah, look, one lady um, uh, who re- remained anonymous but... Um, uh, you know, she was um, inspired to give away. Um, she had some land in the Philippines. So she gave away, um, uh, donated ten thousand square meters of land, and um, gave it to the local community. And um, the last I heard, they were um, they were building a school. They, you know, the, so the, the the land was donated, and then there was some fundraising activity. And um, yeah, so that was pretty. That was pretty good. That was. You know, uh, a, a and do you ask for people to? Uh, obviously, people are telling you the act of kindness uh, mm. when they're getting a copy of your book, and so uh, so some of them are, are, and as you say, giving away tracts of land. That sounds mm. to me that's a big act that's of kindness. Big. Yeah. Uh, what are most people saying when they're? Uh, you know, is there a is there a common thread? You know, I'm, I'm um, going to cook breakfast in bed for someone tomorrow. Or yeah. Well, 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 as I say, Neil, it's a, it's it's a lot of that um, help. Thy neighbour, you know, help me. I'm, I'm going to, you know, and that there, all these, um, is so many, uh, you know, relatively small acts of kindness, but but that have a a, a ripple effect, um, and um, you know, obviously, um, positively impact the people who are involved. So, uh, you know, as, as I say, that uh, you know, one, um, you know, big thing I'm focusing on at the moment is uh, the uh, I start to say the um, the the young guy who's in the video um, goes to a primary school in Sydney. They spoke about it. Uh, what what do we do? They read the book and said, "Okay." And then they all wrote a kind pledge and um, cut out cut them out on heart shapes and created a kindness tree in the schoolyard. So um, I'm trying to. In fact, that uh, that newsletter that went out to all the Tassie schools last week was about um, planting kindness trees. Um, and I'm really, you know, I'm really wanting to give that a push because that's a direct sort of action that you know can come on a larger scale. Um, and you know, I just think. Doing something like that is great for the kids, you know. Sort of gives them, uh, you know, experience of sort of, um, you know, empathy and kindness, and you know, it's a, it can't be a 
And of course, you could, be you could plant a kindness tree or you could just designate somewhere in the school grounds to be a kindness tree. That's yeah. that's what yeah. happened when this, this whole kindness tree thing started, wasn't it? Because children from a particular class, uh, they all uh, had an act of kindness that they... Yeah, they, they, wrote their, they wrote their kind pledges on, the, on their cardboard. You know, they all cut out hearts and they all wrote out their own kind pledge or promise. And then they and then they actually you know they put some string on them and they and they they found a tree in the, uh, the primary school and they and they put um you know they put a sign up we pledge and that is now the kindness tree so um and I just thought that was a, I didn't that wasn't my idea it was just a spontaneous thing that these class uh, these children did and I just think that that has re- has got real legs you know I just think um they you know I'm hoping that be uh, my aim my goal is to have a you know a kindness tree um. In every school in Australia, um, and then, you know, um, uh, you know, I'm actually I'm talking to uh, Bunnings at the moment. You know that you know I'm hoping that they'll get involved to donate a tree, and then perhaps donate some money for a cause right. for each pledge. We can talk some more about that after mm. the news. And we've been talking about how you do get a hold of Murray's book, and I'll give the website for those listeners who are thinking I need to get a hold of this. It's worldwithoutmoney.com.au, worldwithoutmoney.com.au. Murray, the whole World Without Money, the video is on the website. You Mm. actually have it well produced, and Mm. so listeners can actually hear a reading of the book before they commit to an act of generosity to get a hold of their own book download. Uh, Give us an idea what that video looks like that, that listeners will see when they go online. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's a as I say, it's a you know professionally shot video. Um, a, a good friend of mine who's a uh, you know, quite a well known actor and his son. So it's um, it's Peter reading to his son Cade, um, and just um, you know like you know his, his son says you know can you read me a story, Dad? And um, and Pete comes along and reads him a story, and it's you know it's uh, what if the world runs out of money? And um, yeah, and what's powerful about this is while you've got an adult giving a response to a child, we all as adults relate to the things that you're sharing, the profound answer that comes to the alternative to if everything revolved around money. Uh, this is important because we adults get caught into this whole money go round as well, don't we? We 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 certainly do. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, obviously. Um it's about survival, you know. We, we, you need money to, you know. Obviously, the world we live in to, to pay for things. But this is um, this is about, um, I guess, uh, you know. Obviously, you know, in that hypothetical situation that we did, the world did run out of money. Would we all survive? And um, you know, the good news is that we do uh, in the book. And um, importantly, not only survive but unite and um, and thrive and and um, you know. And realise, uh, you know, what's really important in life. You know, helping out, helping each other. You know, looking after people. Uh, you know, not, uh, you know, as you as you said in a couple of those verses there. You know, back in the good book. Um, you know, not not uh, just focusing on accumulating more and more stuff and money and you know and, and you know um, you know you, you obviously you come into the world with nothing. You leave with nothing. And it's, you know, what do you what do you do in the interim? And it's uh, it's certainly for me. Um, you know, it's not about um, you know just you know. Um, you know, getting more and more and more. So that's what I wanted to relay. Uh, I did have a bit of a swipe at the world leaders. We've mentioned them a couple of times, but 
Yeah. Um, hey, we've got our Facebook question today too, asking what would you tell your children if they asked what happens if the world runs out of money? Uh, so just to run through a, a few quick responses here, um, Tricia says maybe the question should be when. So not uh, if the world runs out of money, but when the world runs out of money. And that's interesting because, uh, in my understanding, if we were getting very economics-oriented around this, mm. uh, you know, our world leaders will print some more if we ran out. So uh, so that, it's, a, mm. it's a, this sort of hypothetical question uh, creates an opportunity to talk about these values. Uh, another one says from Carolyn, I believe God will provide for us like he did the children of Israel in the Bible. We need to tell them how important it is to stay close to Jesus and to trust him to help us. Now, there's an interesting faith dimension in all of that, Mm. uh, because if materialism is your only go to, you leave God out of the equation. What happens when God is in the equation? We need to get that focus on him. I wonder if you've got any thoughts on uh, any sort of response for that idea. Um, Well, you know, I think... um well, look, you know, is what, what's the, I'm sorry, what's the question? <laughs> sorry, Neil. All right, though, the yeah. uh, what Carolyn yeah. says, yeah. Uh, needing to tell people how important it is to stay close to Jesus. I mean, yeah. this uh, this whole this is obviously a Christian, mm. uh, yeah, foundational question about where you put your faith when things go bad or you don't have enough. Uh, with the idea of putting your faith in those things that are more important. And I know while your book focuses on this idea of moving towards generosity, there's that deeper spiritual insight there that says uh, God first then enables all of those things to actually have some foundation for why you would do them in the first place. Mm. Uh, Any ideas around that? Well, I think, you know, um, know, throughout the book, you know, I mean, I think, and um, you know, I, I've um, as I said I was you know brought up in a you know strong uh, Christian background, and you know, while I probably don't go to church as often as I should, I've got some you know a very very much a strong faith, and I think uh, this book is really um, all about um, a lot of the stuff you find in in the in in the in the big good book, you know, about about um, yeah the simple things about you know as I say it's you know looking after. You know, if you, there are some themes in the Bible that are that are, I suppose, um, similar to the themes here. You know that um, mm. uh, you know, look uh, after I, each I other, can, be kind, be yep. be generous. You know, be um, um, you know. Um, I can absolutely see those values in your book. Sometimes we talk about the golden rule: uh, do mm. unto others as you would have them do unto you. Mm. That's that's a primary foundation in the mm. sense of the values that you're presenting in that generosity. Mm. Of course, if your values are only materialistic, if you leave God out of the equation, uh, then you have mm. no other choice other than the idea of survival of the fittest and mm. why would I help my fellow man when it's all about looking after me? So mm. uh, you've addressed some of those in that well, sense of, of saying, yes, it's not all about me and because if it was all about me, it might only be about my money. Mm. Well, that's exactly right and I think... Um, you know, one of the, as I said, I mean, it, it does, um, it does cover a few, you know, topics, and um, you know, if I, if I, um, you know, one of them is, uh, you know, if you think about, um, you know, go back through history and all the wars that have been fought about, um, you know, uh, you know, and it's often, I mean, human beings are fairly slow learners, I reckon, Neil, but you know, this uh, futility around war, and you know, um, I'll take yours, you know, that's mine, that you know, I'll, you know, that's my land, that's, and then you know, you, 
you fast forward another hundred years and the land's been you know retaken over. I mean, it's you know the the same stuff has occurred over and over and over again for centuries. And um, uh, so this is all you know. I mean, one of the things that you know it says uh, all the world leaders would have some concern for a brand new game. They'd all have to learn power as they know it would reduce in a flash, as their main driving force was only cold cash. Um, there'd be no need for war or to steal others' land with more time for peace and lending a hand. So they're the themes that are, um, you know, that are in there, and, and the book finishes with, you know, I've just read a couple of verses, but the lesson to reach out to each other is clear, and if the money runs out, there'll be nothing to fear. New thoughts and ideas will replace ways of old, and life as we know it will become pure gold. So, you know, it's just, it's, you know, hopefully it's just providing some real food for thought around... Um, as I said, you know, it's um, you know focusing on what's what's right. You know, I think a lot of the, you know, um, I don't want to get sort of political, but you know, clearly a lot of the world leaders uh, um, today, not all of them, you know, um, you know, uh, are obsessed with it's all about money. You know, decisions are made um, that are purely about money, and uh, you know, there's not enough uh, emphasis on how is this going to affect, you know, um, the people who are less privileged or less, you know. Um, so I think, um, you know, and there's a big shift, uh, I know, to companies um, more and more who are, you know, they're doing stuff around, um, uh, it's, you know, it's profit for purpose, not not just profit for profit's sake. Um, you know, as I said earlier, you know, I'm, I'm you know, working with a, with an organisation at the moment on some strategies and, and their focus is on um, uh, getting um, uh, solar uh, power into uh, energy poverty communities, you know, so... And they've, you know, there's a, they've got a whole, um, a whole lot of, uh, you know, there's a few different businesses, you know, under their framework that's all about, you know, sustainable, um, you know, um, practices. But, you know, providing a win-win, you know, where you've got, you know, um, uh, you know, people manufacturing stuff overseas, not getting ripped off, not getting, um, you know, like some of the large companies, you know, just creating sweatshops and taking advantage of low wages. Uh, it's about you know taking a more global perspective and saying okay, um, you know we and we need to do it. I mean you know there's a whole lot of reasons why. I mean you know climate change is a big one, and a lot of that is just driven purely by our lust for money. I mean you know the irony is that Earth will survive. You know if we if we wipe ourselves out, Earth will survive. She'll just continue to evolve. And um, you know if anyone's watched David Attenborough's latest, uh, you know you have a look at that. And uh, but but you know we're on we're we're you know we're on a we're on a pretty bad path at the moment, so I'm hoping that this will just make a bit of a difference and get us to take some perspective on what's really important. It's a very contentious issue and uh, the issue around climate change. And as you say, though, it's become a uh, an issue driven by money. Mm. And you've got both sides uh, of an argument there that will argue different uh, positions around money. Of uh, And, of course, what has to happen is uh, there has to be some uh, leader uh, drawing attention to what is most viable uh, because as you're putting it in the right context there uh, that when those sorts of issues are addressed we want those to be supporting uh, communities where they are uh, missing out on some of the uh, the as you say energy issues mm. uh, that uh, that are important that we would focus on uh, from our Australian context mm. uh, so anyway well, well let's not get into a climate change discussion mm. Or no, no, here. but I think the look. The key is, I suppose, if there's one key message in the book, um, you know, if you said, well, "What, what's the elevator pitch for the book?" It's, it's just to, uh, you know, to highlight the fact that that we're all connected. 
We are, and uh, you've got to be able to promote those things uh, without politicising it so much that you're on one side or another. And mm. uh, because what I would sort of uh, certainly maintain and argue is that while you've got different sides arguing, there has to be a Christian response, which is a little transcendent above the argument and saying, let's bring into there those biblical values that we'd say are important. And I think a lot of the things that you reflect on in your book reflect those biblical values. Mm. Let me just uh, say, I mean, not everybody, when people are writing uh, their responses on our Facebook page today, the question we asked, what would you tell your children if they asked what happens if the world runs out of money? And uh, obviously some are going to say uh, this is all about a economic question and we're not talking about an economic question. But Ian said running out of money isn't the problem if money becomes worthless because of hyperinflation. It is the problem. Uh, I don't know how to explain this concept to children. So there's an interesting perspective there when you ask the question and our immediate response comes, uh, let's answer this with an economic answer. Mm. And uh, this is not what your book is about. This no, is not an no. economic answer to the question. No, it's and definitely so, not. Definitely not. No, no. And there might be a time when our children are old enough to understand an economic response to the question. But when you wrote this for your daughter, who was then just nine years of age, yeah. uh, she wasn't looking for an economic response. No. Uh, you framed your answer by way of a moral values response. Mm. This is what's important, not the whole issue around money. Mm. And the moral values response is a really powerful one. And you're, you've framed it insofar as uh, world leaders, <laughs> as, mm. as you've had a go at some of the world leaders. And not everybody will appreciate, you know, one way or another as to, as to yeah. those sorts of thoughts and opinions that have shaped uh, the way you've approached the world leaders. But that's what you've done. Mm. And uh, let's come back to the kindness tree, though, because, yeah. because what we would all agree on is the idea that we need to pass on good values to our children. And your book is not a biblically uh, framed book. It no. is a beautifully written poetry which enables children to understand that there is more to life than just looking at money. And this you've tried to uh, move into a viral way of getting generosity and kindness into the thinking of people. And there have been thousands of responses of people who have made a commitment, made a pledge, and they've yep. been able to download your book for free. So yep. you're leading yep. the way here. Uh, so out of those thousands, you mentioned some of the big ones, like someone allocating uh, a tract of land yeah. uh, into another nation uh, to be able yeah. to support uh, an, an initiative there. And then we, the other sorts of initiatives, people are coming up with creative ways of bringing up some sort of a creative, generous initiative. Yeah, well, you know, um, again, you know, the, I think um, I think the kindness tree um, that the uh, that the primary school that um, you know, young uh, Cade, who's in the video with his dad, uh, when they watched that video, um, they had a classroom discussion. As I said, he's he's, he's about nine. Um, the young fella in the video on the on the website um, worldwithoutmoney.com.au. dot You can quick plug in there, but. He, um, they, his classroom teacher said, okay, what are we going to do? They all had a discussion and they decided to write these pledges and create this kindness tree. And, and I suppose, you know, it's put me on a bit of a mission, Neil, to, um, you know, I'd love to see, uh, you know, kindness trees in, um, uh, you know, in every school in Australia, around the world, to be honest. And I, cause I think it's a really good, you know, um, you know, tree is life to, you know, to start with, but, um, you know, I think there's, um, uh, you know, some real power in that, you know, particularly at the moment, you know, I think it gives uh, kids an opportunity to do something 
positive. Um, you know, um, in a world where uh, you know there's there's a lot going on, and they, they you know it sort of empowers them, I think. And I think you know if we can get if we can get more kind and empathy with the uh, leaders of tomorrow, then you know hopefully you know. I asked you in the news just a short while ago, while the news was on, I said, uh, well, great initiative with the kindness trees. Mm. And you said, well, there was a school that, you know, the first school that took this up and uh, mm. said, this mm. is a kindness tree. And they got all the kids in the class mm. uh, to make some kindness pledges. And they went and hung those on the tree. And I said to you, uh, I said, Murray, was that a Christian school? And mm. your response was an interesting one. No, it was a state school a that state did school. that. So, yeah. so you've yeah. got individual teachers who have different ideas on values and what they might be teaching children. But there's mm. a really good initiative that a teacher picked up on there to be able to teach these sorts of values to children. What mm. would you like to see happen in Christian schools and more state schools all around the the country? I'd like to see. I'd like to see the same thing. To be honest, Neil, I think it's a really simple thing to do. Um, you know, it doesn't need a lot of resources. The video is there on the website. Um, you know, they can watch it as a classroom activity. My uh, my eldest daughter has actually just graduated as a primary school teacher. Um, she's shown it to the, her future principal. They love the idea. It's a really simple thing to do. It's, um, you know, watch the video, uh, have a discussion. You know, as, as I said, these you know, it wasn't my idea. These kids just thought, okay, well, why don't we create a tree? All got about, got some cardboard, cut out some heart shapes, wrote their simple pledges and you know the pledges again were a whole range of things you know i mean I think one that springs to mind is a you know young uh, girl wanted to donate, donate some of her pocket money there's you know to a good cause and all sorts of stuff just coming from the you know the hearts and minds of kids um and um putting them up for display in the in the schoolyard i think you know it doesn't get much easier than that um you know, as a you know, if it really gathers momentum, I've got Bunnings interested in uh, um, having a look at donating, actually creating a ceremony. You know, providing a tree, and then potentially uh, Bunnings donating money. You know, for each pledge to um, and Bunnings haven't signed up yet, so if there's another corporate out there who's interested. <laughs> just let me know. Yeah. But uh, you know, to then uh, you know to then make a pledge, for example, to you know donate money to. You know the you know the energy poverty crisis or something tangible, but look in in its simplest form, it's a you know it's a it's a you watch the video, the kids watch the and it can happen anywhere, can happen in the church community, it doesn't have to be a school, you know, any community out there could create a kindness tree. It's a very very simple thing to do, um, but I think I think it's really powerful. And in that sense, your site is neutral. It's uh, it's there and it's for Christian people to take advantage of. And I'd be encouraging Christians to get up some good pledges on there. So I imagine Mm. that others can see what pledges have been written. But it's Mm. not just for uh, people who are from churches to participate, but the sort of values being promoted. Let me come back to the Bible for a few moments. Sure. Uh, And I I mentioned a scripture or two earlier and uh, from the Bible in Luke chapter 12 at verse 15 we'd read then he said to them watch out be on your guard against all kinds of greed life does not consist in an abundance of possessions now there's a biblical Christian response uh, to the idea of addressing greed or putting your trust in money Uh, there's another one in Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 for where your treasure is there your heart will be also teaching children from a young age Murray where the treasure is the treasure isn't 
in the abundance of the things that we own. The treasure is in the capacity of how we relate to one another as a common sense of humanity, caring for one another. We'd call it a pastoral care approach uh, in a Christian sense. Mm. But this idea of breaking the mould of what children or the perception that we have of where children are with the way that money and greed may be taking you know, the attention of children, this mm. is an important thing to address. Absolutely, it is. You know, it's um, uh, and it's 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 very very important. And I think it's um, it's becoming particularly in the world that we live in. It's becoming increasingly difficult. You know that we live in a you know materialistic world, and you know um, um, you know I think they these these you know, key messages of um, it is all about. At the end of the day, it's um, you know, life isn't about. Uh, and look, it's not about um, you know. I mean, I. You know, I enjoy, you know, driving a nice car and living in a house, nice house, and you know, so we're very, very fortunate. But it's, it's really life is about um, the uh, the value that you put on uh, relationships and the uh, you know the contribution that you make to your community, where you know, however big or you know or small that community is, um, and uh, you know that that's that should be the you know that's the focus. That should be your you know. The legacy isn't about um, you know um, uh, you know having a you know having the biggest house in the in in the street. That's for sure. You know? Well, I don't think anyway. But no, know. no, no. But yeah. this the interesting thing here, where we're talking about passing on our values to our children, is that our children will do what they see us do mm. as uh, as parents. And so you've role modelled something wonderfully for your daughter because you've written a book in response to her question. And she has a role model there to work with for the rest of her life. This is the sort of thing that parents have as a responsibility to create some level of role model. So if we are only connected to a materialism and uh, not in this practical demonstration of ge- generosity, uh, mm. we're, we're role modeling that. Our children are seeing that. They're catching our values. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you know, you're, um, you're definitely a product of your environment, um, I reckon, and um and look, this isn't about throwing the baby out, out with the bathwater. I think you know. I mean, there's. I think there's a there's a need for uh, children to understand. Um, you know, their sort of fiscal responsibilities and get. You know, there's probably a, a need in schools. I reckon for kids to understand. You know, you come out with an education, but not no idea really how to. You know, you know, manage money or invest and all that sort of stuff. You know, I mean, I'm a. You know, my sort of day job, you know, ironically is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm in property marketing and sales, and you know, um, I've you know, done well with property, and so it's, but it's not about, so it's, it's about um, having a balance. You know, I think, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, the world we live in at the moment, you do need to, obviously, you need to, you know, earn money, and you know, and um, but it, but it's, um, it's having that larger contribution to say, okay, well, that's. You know, sort of, you know, I don't want to get too sort of, uh, you know, political or, you know, into, no, no. into theory, but, it, it, you know, this is this is really about, um, it's not about saying don't worry about money and don't worry about being financially responsible. Of course, you have to do that, but it's also about, you know, having that balance and saying, um, you know, there's, um, you know, how do, how do I, uh, how do I sort of, uh, you know, contribute and live a life that's, um, that has meaning beyond just, you know, earning a buck. Mm. That's right. Well, Murray, we've run out of time. And just to say for listeners, you can't buy Murray's book with money. 
you have to buy Murray's book with an act of kindness, uh, with an act of generosity, with a pledge to be able to do something good in your community. Now, you get to choose what the pledge is. And some yep. of those pledges, and you've had thousands of pledges, yep. uh, some of those have been very simple. and uh, Most of them have been simple, to yep. be honest. And yeah. some of them have been big time. And yep. uh, no doubt you'd mm-hmm. like to see a few big time pledges on there too. And there might be listeners ready to do something big time and uh, you want to get that registered on Murray's site as well so that others can see that there are some big pledges that you want to do Mm. something as an act of generosity. Mm. So worldwithoutmoney.com.au, worldwithoutmoney.com.au. Of course, the book is called What Happens If the World Runs Out of Money? And when you make a pledge to do an act of kindness, an act of generosity, Uh, then you'll be able to receive Murray's book as a download for free. So take advantage of that opportunity, worldwithoutmoney.com.au. I think it is something that you'll enjoy reading to your children. It's not uh, an overly spiritual book, but there is wonderful values that reflect what we'd understand as a Christian response to issues around generosity. Murray, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us and uh, all the best with the book as things go from here. Uh, Thanks very much, Neil. Pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.